Welcome to another episode of Men's Bible Study. Pastor John Mark Caton joins us today to deliver a message of hope as we continue our walk through the book of James. If you weren't here today, be sure to join us next week at Tuesday at 6 a.m. at Cottonwood Creek Church in Allen, Texas, as we continue our series through the book of James. Now, let's hear from Pastor John Mark. Hey, we're going to start a new series uh, from the book of James called Do the Right Thing. Uh, and called, why do we want to do the right thing? Because we've got stuff to do. Everybody say stuff to do. Man, I will tell you, God looks at this group. God looks at every man in this room. He goes, guys, I've got some stuff for you to do. I've got some stuff for you to do. Before you exit this earth, before you even move into the new year, I've got stuff for you to do. Now, I want you to know, some of you, you look at yourself and you go, man, I don't think God's got anything for me to do. I don't care where you are. I don't care where you are in your spiritual journey. I don't care if life has been a train wreck for you up until this point. I can tell you, the book of James is going to tell us, God's got stuff for us to do. Man, God's not done with you. God's going to take you through some stuff, let you go through some stuff, but he's got some stuff for you to do. And so we're going to be looking today uh, at James, the book of James. And I'll just tell you right now, uh, James is the brother of Jesus. All right. And it's kind of interesting. If you look at church history, um, church historians, early church historians said two things about James. James, the brother of Jesus. They said he was James the just, which meant he just did the right thing. All right, and there are several times that we'll look at through this series uh, in the New Testament where James gets confronted because he moves from being a, a disbelieving brother of Jesus to be a believing brother of Jesus. And I will tell you, all the way through this uh, series, and even in the book of James, there is a message of hope. That's the message of hope. Man, early in Jesus' life, James, his brother, his other brothers, and his sisters didn't believe Jesus was who he said he was. But after the resurrection, we're going to see it. I'm going to show it to you in a second. James has an encounter with Jesus, and he moves from being unbelieving to believing. He moves from not following to following. And my prayer for some guys in this room, that you might be in a space where you are not believing, and you are not following. But we're going to track James just here in a few minutes, and we're going to see what caused that transition, that movement from not following to following, from not believing to believing. So much so that this James, who thought his brother was crazy, who didn't believe his brother was Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, who saw his brother died, entered into the grief process with the rest of his family for three days, and then encountered a risen Christ... At that moment, if you follow James, let me tell you what James thought when his, son, when his brother was crucified. I hate that, but he was nuts. Three days later, when he encounters Jesus, he says, he is who he says he is. And if you follow James, he takes the same path and becomes also a martyr. Because he eventually realizes his brother is who he said he is. So guys, in this whole process, I want you to know this is a message of hope. If there's someone sitting here today and you go, I just don't know that I believe. I don't know that I can truly follow. Welcome to the James Club. Welcome to the James Gang. That we get the opportunity to show up and say, count me in with him. 
There was a season in my life when I looked at Jesus and I said, when I felt like God was calling me to do something, but geez, to follow Jesus. But we can part of, be part of that same club. So let me just pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity just to walk through your word. God, I pray that every man would see this opportunity of hope and fulfillment that we're going to see in James as we just go verse by verse, word by word. Uh, let us be challenged in a special and a powerful way today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, let's start with verse 1. Everybody say verse 1. All right, let me just read it to you. We'll put it on the screen. It says, James, that's James, the brother of Jesus, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the um, uh, nations. He says, greeting. All right, so James, James, little brother of Jesus. Uh, and here, let me just pause you. How many of you have a Roman Catholic background? That's okay, by the way. Uh, if you have a Roman Catholic background, you probably have been introduced over your uh, theological career, your church career, uh, to the idea of the perpetual virginity of, uh, of Mary. How many of you at least have heard that? that she was a virgin at the birth uh, of Christ because the angel showed up. You see that early in the New Testament. And then all of a sudden she's found to be with child, a child with the father. And then the Roman Catholic teaching, because they want to venerate her, they want to honor her, uh, they, uh, they refer to her as a virgin perpetually, that she was forever a virgin. I want you to know that her perpetual virginity would be a shocking surprise for James and Jesus' other brothers. It would also have been a shocking surprise for Joseph, her husband, all right? And not only did James, uh, did Jesus have brothers, he had sisters. Jesus had a big family. Um, let me just show you that. Uh, look at Mark chapter 6, uh, verse 3. We're not going to put it up there. Just You might want to take some notes, write this down. It says, uh, Jesus has started preaching. And uh, some of the people ask, when they're here, Jesus preaching, He is saying He's the Son of God. He's saying He's the Messiah. He's the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy. In Mark chapter 6, verse 3, you can go look it up. So they ask, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, the brother of Joseph, Judas, Simon? He didn't just have one brother. By the way, James is not his only brother. He had a bunch of brothers. Aren't his sisters here with us too? All right? So I want you to know, Jesus had a big family. All right? So if you're from a big family, he had a big family. Not only that, it was kind of a blended family. How many of you here have a blended family? Blended family? All right, Jesus had a blended family. It was a uniquely blended family because of all, Jesus, the older brother, of all of them, God was the father, not Joseph. But then the rest of his brothers and sisters were from Joseph and Mary, all right? And so we see that over and over again. This is not the only brother. This is not the only sister uh, that, uh, that Jesus had. He had mu much of them. But, but imagine, imagine Jesus being Jesus' brother. How many of you had a brother? How many, how many of you had a brother that you fought with all the time? That was the death. I had a brother named James, and you've heard me share his story. He, he had some struggles, uh, ultimately took his life a number of years ago. But I will tell you, our, our relationship was, was made up of fighting and making up. All right? The fights were real. Making up never was. How many of you had a brother like that? All right. When, when we fought, it was usually to the death or till blood or till my dad showed up and whipped us for getting whipped. 
and then told us, now hug each other. Anybody ever had, isn't that the worst hug in the world? You know, or your mom says, so I want you to know, uh, uh, our fight, my fights with my brother James were real. Our makeups were just to keep from getting beat by my dad, right? But can you imagine being Jesus's brother? Think about it. Uh, everybody's got the bracelet, WWJD, right? What would Jesus do? There was never a bracelet. What would James do, right? If there was one, it was something like WDJD. What did James do, Right? Can you imagine you're in there fighting, you're doing something wrong, and you go back to your childhood, or maybe some of you have kids here. You just, your parents just hear a commotion going on, and they know it's a fight in their kids, with their kids, and you go, hey, would y'all stop that, right? How many remember that, right? Can you just imagine the parents hollering in there, going, what's going on? And James said, Jesus is doing this. And Jesus saying, James is doing this. And what would the parents, all they'd have to say, what would they say? They would simply say, James, spank yourself, get it over with. He's Jesus, you're wrong, right? I mean, lose every fight, lose every argument, play fantasy football. He scores the top score every week. I mean, it would be horrible to be Jesus's brother. He's always right. He walks on water, I sink, right? He catches the fish, I got nothing. That's the way it had to have been. So here you have James, this, this kid brother, this little brother of Jesus that's just trying to live up, all right? Trying to live up and thinking about it. And there were times, as we just read, that, that people thought he was crazy. And so here you're James going, man, I, I, don't, know, I don't know if he is who he says he is. Hey, he's just my brother to me. But the message of hope today is he goes from unbelieving to believing, from not following to following. My invitation to you is be willing to consider that same path because God's got stuff for us to do. God's got stuff for you to do in your family, in your community, and in your church. In your church. And that's what we're talking about in this series. Man, doing the right thing the right way. And that's the beauty of James's story is he goes from not doing the right thing to doing the right thing. And then he turns around and shares with us how to do the right thing. You know, a lot of things that you'll see uh, in New Testament books is you'll see doctrine and belief leads to behavior. So once you understand doctrine and once you believe, that informs your behavior. Interestingly enough, James, of all of the New Testament books, talks about doctrine and belief the least, and he really speaks to behavior most. He says, how do we behave, this is what we're going to talk about today, in the midst of trials? How do I handle my tongue? How do I handle tomorrow? How do I handle my relationships? And that's why I think the book of James, if you've never read it before, I want to encourage you to read it. It takes you about 20 minutes to read from beginning to end. But it's all about how a man should behave in a carnal and corrupt world. And when you're reading it, don't think you're reading from this jewel of a guy from day one. This guy grew up doubting Jesus, disbelieving Jesus. So as you read it, Man, just say, God, give me this same faith. Give me this same belief. Give me the hope that I can go from where I am to where James ultimately ended up having me.
So now let's just continue. He says, James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just continue to read verse 1. Now, he says, servant of God. That's one thing to say this. But now of the Lord Jesus Christ. Kind of interesting that, that how far must he have come from not trusting who Jesus was to saying, I'm a servant of God and my brother Jesus. Something happened, right? I mean, think about it. All right. I, I think he's nuts. I think he's crazy. But all of a sudden, look, I've gone from unbelieving. Now I'm believing. I've gone from being hopeless to now he is ultimately my hope. And so that's the hope for you today. You say, what is the path? Look at Mark chapter 3, verse 21. Write this down. It says, when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of Jesus. So here's the family. Jesus is out in the synagogue. He's beginning to preach. He's beginning to talk about the rabbis. He's beginning to say, hey, they don't know what they're talking about. He's begin to say, I am the Son of God. I'm the Messiah. I am the ultimate Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And his family hears about it. A commotion begins to happen. And notice what it says. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of Jesus, for they said, He is out of his mind. They thought he was nuts. They, they, they thought that Jesus was nuts. And James was part of this. All right, let's go bring Jesus home again. He's down there at the synagogue telling everybody he's God. All right? And so the family goes out and they begin to pull him back. Fast forward a little bit, John chapter 7, verse 5. It says, For even his own brothers, James, Judas, Simon, and others, Jesus, they did not believe him. There's the word again. John chapter 7, verse 5. He said they didn't believe Him. So Jesus is out there saying, I am the Messiah. I am the fulfillment of, old, of the Old Testament Scriptures. I am the fulfillment of the prophecy. I am ultimately the one that would deliver it into the hands of sinful men, be nailed to a cross, be buried in a tomb, rise again the third day. And how did James and his brothers respond? Let's go get your brother. Let's bring him home. He's acting a fool down at the synagogue again. He's acting the fool, acting like he's a rabbi again. He's acting the fool, telling people he's the Son of God. And this is getting plumb embarrassing, all right? And so they went from not believing to believing. Now, why did he start believing? Because there was a time that James, the brother of Jesus, and his other brothers and the other sisters were there with their mom, seeing their brother be whipped, have a crown of thorns placed on his head, nailed to a cross, and died. At that moment, James grieved probably with his mother more than he grieved for Jesus. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Because up until that moment, they thought he was nuts Oh, They thought he was crazy. You say, what caused the change? Fast forward, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3. Here's what it says. Paul talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, for, I for what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He raised from, the third, raised from the dead the third day according to Scriptures. Now fast forward to verse 7, 1 Corinthians 15. It says, Then He appeared to who? James. Can you imagine that encounter? You've been doubting your brother his whole life. Okay, he's kind of a good teacher, but he's not God. 
He does some pretty impressive things, but he's not the Messiah. He better be quiet or he's going to get himself killed. Brother, whatever you do, Jesus, just, just stop. Just stop talking. They're going to kill you. How can I stop telling the truth, Jesus would say. He goes to the cross. He enters the grief process. And three days later, he sees his brother, Jesus. You say, why did James move from unbelieving to believing, from not following to following, from not serving to serving? James, the servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. It was in that moment when he looked into his risen brother's eyes that he said, he is who he said he was. Guys, my prayer is that there are some of you here that you can make that same switch and that same journey. Why? Because God's got stuff for you to do. God's got stuff for you to do in your family, the office, in your community, and in your church. God has something for you to do. Now fast forward after just a resurrection over here in Acts chapter 1. Remember... Um, uh, Jesus ascends into heaven. That's when he makes a statement uh, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even the remotest parts of the earth. If you go to Acts chapter 1, verse 14, this is after the ascension. It says, They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women, Mary the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So that doubting brother ends up being a following brother, but it doesn't stop there. If you fast forward to Galatians chapter 1, verse 18. So I just want to show you who the James is we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks. James didn't believe him. From time to time, went down to try to, try to bring Jesus back, try to put a little straight jacket on him, right? Uh, and bring him back because he didn't think he was who he was. Now all of a sudden, after the risen Savior, he, he says, man, I'm in. When the disciples were told by Jesus to gather and pray and wait for the Spirit to, uh, to come, James showed up and James prayed. Now, a couple of years later, James is taking on a more prominent role in his older brother's ministry. So if you look in Galatians chapter 1, verse 18, it says, Then after three years, this is Paul talking about, Paul's converted. He's grown and he's discipled and he's grown, learned the scriptures for three years. He says, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem. Uh, Paul goes to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him for 15 days. Verse 19, he says, I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. So this doubter has become a leader so much so that part of what God says is when you're ready to go reveal yourself, Paul, to the leadership in Jerusalem, go seek out James, the brother of Jesus. Why do you think God might have told uh, Paul to do that? Just to walk in there, remind James, hey, by the way, I've seen your brother. I was on this dirt road. Sounds like a country song, doesn't it? Road to Damascus, Acts chapter 9. I saw this bright light. It was your brother. So he called me and told me to tell you hello. Called me to his ministry and said, Paul, 
You've got stuff to do. And he goes, and by the way, go down to Jerusalem. Remind my brother, I got stuff for him to do too. So Paul shows up and says, I saw your brother. He looks fantastic. Changed my life, changed my heart, changed everything for me. And he called me to the ministry. And he goes, James, you're a servant of God and a servant of your brother, the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, so am I. I can only imagine that greeting. I can only imagine that hug. And then notice what it says. He says, what? He says, James, servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, continue to read, uh, to the 12 tribes who are scattered. All right? To the 12 tribes who are scattered. What does that mean? In modern day, best way I could say it, it's people moving from blue states to red states. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, because in those days, a great persecution of the church rings out. And there were certain places that it was hard to be a Christian. And so those Jews that had gotten saved, that had gone from unbelieving to believing, to not following to following, to not having something for God to do, uh, to having something uh, to do for God, when they made those changes, they found it hard. And so they would gather themselves up and they would move to a new place. So James, the brother of Jesus, is writing kind of from Jerusalem, the home base, to the tribes that are scattered. And he's saying, listen, I know it's hard out there, but I want to give you a word. I'm not going to give you a deep word on believing. I'm not going to give you a deep word on doctrine. I'm going to give you a deep word on how you should live in a harsh environment. And and, we live in a culture today that the reality of it is it can be hard to express your faith even here in Texas, at the office or at school or wherever you are. Why? People will think you're kind of crazy, you're nuts, you're this and you're that. And so James just is honest. He says, I am writing to the 12 tribes who are scattered. Let me tell you what, we, heard, we talk a lot about being canceled today, don't we? You're going to be canceled. What does that mean? You're going to have a social media post suppressed, or you're going to be canceled and, and not paid attention to, or people are going to throw dirt in your face. Let me tell you what, in those days... When you were canceled, you were canceled. Do you know what I mean? When you were canceled, you were fed to lions. When you were canceled, you were beaten. When you were canceled, you were burned alive. So guess what? It's one thing for us to sit here and say, I got passed over for a promotion. You might be canceled in that way. When they were canceled, it was over. And so these these followers of faith would move out. They would leave. And so James is writing to the 12 tribes who had said, I'm going to believe and I'm not going to unbelieve. I'm going to follow and I'm not going to unfollow. But here's what I know. This is not easy for my family to do. And God just says, all right, well, move. But as you move, go to that new city. And guess what? I got stuff for you to do. You're going to share your faith there. And if they drive you out of there, you're going to go to the next city and I still have stuff for you to do and you're going to share your faith there. And so I love this. James is saying, I write to you. And then notice what he says. He says, brothers and sisters, jump forward to verse two. He says, brothers and sisters. Now you think about that. What what is James doing? James is inviting us into his family. 
from time to time, I'll, uh, I'll talk to people and they'll tell me they've done, how many of you have done one of those family trees? You've done the family line. And how many of you in your family tree, you have, you have someone, when you look through your line and your lineage, you have someone that's pretty powerful. All right? I just apparently haven't looked far enough. <laughs> All mine, you know, you track my family through Terre Haute, Indiana, and Kentucky, and, and back over to Europe, and all of them seem to get thrown in jail for stealing hogs or hunting. So I, I don't talk about my family a lot. Uh, I did look up one, if you haven't noticed this. You're talking about the family lineage. You can go look this up. Uh, the, my last name, Caton, C-A-T-O-N. I, I don't know really where it is from. We didn't have much of a legacy or anything. But there, is a ba- there was a battleship in France which was the battleship Catan, spelled like exactly the way my name is. And it was a battleship. It was a bad battleship. It was loaded. It was state-of-the-art. You want to know what happened? Go look it up. You can find it on Wikipedia. It was sunk in its first battle. So I don't talk a whole lot about my, my battle heritage, all right? Because I, I, I don't want to impress y'all too much. Yeah, can you imagine? Maiden voyage, man, state-of-the-art. All of a sudden, what happened to ba- battleship Catan? That sunk. Well, good. All right. They didn't make another one. They didn't go for two. They said, no, one and done. All right. But think about it. A lot of you say, man, I love my family. Some of you might hate your family. Some of you might be from a legacy that you struggle. But I love what James says. He says, hey, I I am a servant of the God. I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm writing to the 12 tribes scattered. That's even us today. We can say that's us today. And he goes, brothers and sisters. That's what we see in verse 2, even before we get to talking about the trials. Here's what James is saying. It doesn't matter what your earthly family looks like. We now have a heavenly family together. He calls us brothers and sisters. So if you came from a knucklehead family like I did, can I tell you, James just looks at us and say, by the way, God's your family. And now that you're part of the family, God's got stuff for you to do. He wants you to live a certain way. You just think about this family, all right? Um, parents, Joseph and Mary. Aunt and uncle, Zachariah and Elizabeth. How many remember those? Um, your cousin, John the Baptist. You know, we always talk about the crazy uncle. John the Baptist was the crazy cousin, right? How many of you know that? Eating locusts, dressed in camel hair, all of those. I mean, he was the nut job, all right? Uh, he was the total nut job. That was the cousin. Hey, is John the Baptist coming over? Yeah, good. Something's going to break. All right, something's going to be set on fire. So that's their family. Uh, brother, how many of you are like to Jesus' brother? You are. You are. Once you go from unbelieving to believing, guess what? That's your family. That's your line, and that's your lineage. And so when James, the real physical brother of Jesus, says, I went from unbelieving to believing, from not following to following, and you go, way to go, brother, that can be you. Because he sits here and says, man, we are part of God's family. Now, part of that, remember, he's writing to those who are part of the dispersion. And when you got canceled in those days, you got canceled. These people had lost everything. They were broken. They They were mocked. They were abused, man. They were stoned. Had everything taken from them. They weren't just cut off social media. They were cut off. And so he writes to them. And now when you think about that's why they were dispersed. 
Because they lived in places and spaces where it was hard to be a Christian. And so they are trudging along to a new city, not by their own choice. They're not choosing to relocate. They have to relocate for their lives and for their families. And now if you understand that, this makes sense. Look at verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Any of you going through a trial in here? James is going to tell us how next week. But I wanted to start with the message of hope. James went from unbelieving to believing. My prayer last night and the last couple of days is that there would be some men in this room that would move from unbelieving to believing. My prayer over the last couple of days has been there would be some men in this room, in this church, that would move from not following to following. And perhaps that's you. You say, why is that so important? Because this is your family. And guess what? If Jesus is your brother, that means God is your father. And when God is our father, it's time for us to get some stuff done. I want to invite us to bow our heads. And I just want to pray over you. God, thank you so much for the opportunity just to get started on this book. God, thank you for the testimony of James, who just throughout the New Testament were reminded that there was a time he didn't believe, but he began to believe. He didn't follow, but he started to follow. And God, we thank you for the fact that he ultimately became a leader and he turned around and talked to people who were going through some stuff. But reminds us, as we're going to look at next week, that even when we go through stuff, there's still more stuff to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, you glad you started your morning off, right, guys? Amen. Thanks for tuning in to today's Bible study. For more information regarding Cottonwood Creek, go to cottonwoodcreek.org. And we hope you tune in next time for more episodes of Men's Bible Study.